Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. And we're live. Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt Rugby Podcast. Uh, we are your MLR podcast, you know, for, I don't know, I don't know what I just said, but this is the uh, Major League Rugby Podcast where we cover pretty much everything because we keep our ears in the dirt. So we thought there was a rumor, but it's actually breaking news. So I'll get to that late in the show. Tonight, we have a special guest, Terry Kilbane from the Rugby City Podcast. Um, Is that what you really call the land? The ARC training squad is out. We'll go over the makeup of it. Um, There's some fantastic player signings, and there's some SD Legion news, which I'll get into later on in the show. Also, the Sabercats hosted the Seattle Saracens in a preseason match. Uh, so, Terry, the land. Yes, Rugby City. Actually, it's funny you said it's free to say that, actually, because uh, that is kind of how, like, the name Rugby City came about. I was, you know, I was putting together an idea for this rugby lifestyle, rugby culture podcast. And uh, one of my buddies, we were having, we were hanging out, having a couple bourbons, and he's a he's a pretty uh, brilliant craft designer, yes, yeah. And uh, he actually, and he is the one, Tom Zarady, brilliant uh, graphic designer and super strong tight head prop, by the way. Uh, he's actually the designer of the Rugby City logo. But we were kind of just having a couple bourbons, and he was he designs T-shirts and logos and things like that. And he was trying to think of a like a. Uh, a cool t-shirt for rugby he can develop. And I was like trying to, like, I couldn't think of a cool name for the podcast. And I'm like, my idea for his t-shirt was like, Hey, you know, like there's so much rugby going on in Cleveland. There's a market for that stuff. You should make a t-shirt that says Cleveland, Ohio, rugby city, USA. He was like, he's like, shit, dude, that's your, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? What? Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? All right. I mean, cool. it's, right. yeah, what a it's familial, but I probably would get <laughs> for the amount of bombs I've already shared on this show. <laughs> but yeah, and that's so that's where the uh, the name Rugby City came from. And uh, yeah, I'm a proud uh, uh, Cleveland Rugby uh, supporter. So that actually is kind of the story of Rugby City podcast. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to like, I found out, you know, because you mentioned it, and then I talked to somebody else about rugby in Cleveland and. Cleveland is one of like the burgeoning places when it comes to youth rugby. And, you know, I'm starting to feel that um, if there's an Ohio team, it should skip Columbus and go to Cleveland because USA rugby is going to send you guys a test at some point. Like it's on the docket. I, uh, I hope so. And I think there's a lot of people here in Ohio that would agree with that statement. Um, you know, Cleveland has a reputation, uh, you know, our leg caught on fire, our Brown, our football team just went 0 and 16, but, uh, it, it's a great city though. I love Cleveland. It's a great town, but Did you attend that parade, you know, I didn't, um, at first I was like, this is stupid. Like this is going to embarrass our city. This is lame, but you know what it was? It was like a protest party and everyone had a good time and they kind of vented and it was more like. It wasn't against the players. It's about the ownership, like not having their act together. So it was, uh, it was just kind of fun and and people venting, you know. So I did not go though. But it was also like negative three degrees. So it's not about that life. 
Moving on, I'm going to offload this one to Victor since we've got a lot to cover today. We have a review. Okay, so first of all, guys, um, good evening. Uh, welcome to Earful of Dirt. Victor here. Um, by the way, if you're wondering, because Aaron didn't mention it, uh, Daniel is out of the country, actually. Five-star um, hotel in Panama. Panama. Now. We don't need to That's right, five-star hotel in Panama. It's really cool. If I so, do a good job, do I take Dan's job? Ooh. Am I in? Like, is this a tryout or how does this work? <laughs> you know what, Terry? I, I, I'm up for it. All you, right. you can take Dan's job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. On to this Beautiful. review. So anyway, so yeah, so reading this, guys. So we got the review on the 19th of December of last year. Wow, sorry, 2018. And, and I quote, awesome podcast is, is the title. Uh, just started listening to some podcasts. Great stuff, fellas. Between Barstool and Earful, my ride down to NOLA will be painless. Wow, Captain Miles. Good. I know so, who that is. I'm guessing, Miles Cap- I'm guessing Captain Miles is uh, living in um, good old um, Fort Polk, Louisiana. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's Miles McCoon, the guy from. Uh, I forgot where he's from now, but he's not playing NOLA. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that, and that's one of the players. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, if, if it is Miles Macon, thank you, sir. I don't, I don't think it's that guy because it like Captain Miles. I think that's like driving to NOLA makes me think the person is going to drive to NOLA. You know what I'm saying? So, maybe I don't know. Moving forward, uh, something amazing in American rugby history um, occurred this weekend. Uh, we had the Houston Sabercats hosting the Seattle Saracens. Um, for the most part, uh, if you evaluate this, you see a relatively uh, strong Sabercats. Uh, they have a few um, guys that had just come into the country. Justin Allen, we'll talk about him. Uh, James Deaver has been in for a few weeks. Um, but it wasn't like their pure first choice squad because, you know, people are, you know, got some niggles that they're nursing versus what was a drained Saracen side. Um, you saw a few of their MLR players, uh, all of Khalifi and Shalom Sunyula were not uh, on the field on Saturday. All of Khalifi is nursing an injury from the November tour. Um, so, um, you know, it's, you still had MLR players coming onto this onto the pitch. You had Dion Crowder, Louis Henson, and Aladdin Shermer. Um, thoughts to Aladdin Shermer. Hopefully, uh, things will be all right because uh, he left the field late in the game with what looked to be a pretty serious knee injury. Hopefully, it's nothing, and he's ready to go to camp in about a week for the Eagles. Um. It was a standing room only crowd, guys. Uh, so the official tally was 130 comped tickets. Hmm, that's not bad. 5,224 paid tickets for a total wow. attendance, scanned ticket attendance of 5,354 uh, patrons, and not, not including about 150, 200 ankle biters. Uh, and, you know, I 
after the second half of the broadcast came up on Grant Cole's backup on mix his Mixler channel, I was I was pretty much really impressed uh, with you know our friend Grant and you know his ability to just commentate uh, on a game. You know I've heard him before. Uh, take taking away from that half of the broadcast, SaberCats were dominant in the scrum, dominant in the set piece, and uh, Saracens played really tough. Hard-hitting defense, but they just really couldn't get much of the ball. So, oh, also, the Sabercats, for all t- for now, I guess, uh, are going to be giving – they hosted the uh, Saracens in the – what is the, normally the home team locker room. So they gave up the home team locker room to their guests, and that's a really nice locker room for a minor league facility when it comes to baseball, so. Off to Victor. Let me tell you, I definitely really enjoyed the match. Again, too bad we couldn't uh, hear the or listen to the first half. But um, but the second half was really fun. I had to say, um, uh, props to to Grant. He brings an energy to to the game that I haven't heard. I think I think since I started listening to for at one point in time uh, baseball on radio. Specifically, Spanish radio, Spanish language radio, which is hilarious. So he sort of brings that Latino is to rugby, although he's not obviously, which is kind of funny though. I have to say, definitely really enjoyed it. Now onto the match itself. Um, I mean, the the Saber Cats just blew out of the water. They literally ate Saracens. And by the way, I know I used the word literally wrong, but it's on purpose. But um, dang it, fifty to seven. It's, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, it was definitely deserved to give man of the match uh, to Sag uh, Pangelinen or whatever you pronounce his his Chamorro last name because uh, it's from Juan, as you guys probably know. But um, so really good to see a guy from the little islands of the U.S. making a big in the states. Can't wait for to get some get some Puerto Ricans in rugby. I mean, I'm waiting for that. Some PRs, so that would be awesome. <laughs> Seriously, they, they, so they play rugby that, down in the Virgin Islands. So yeah, well, yeah, that's true. They could get some guys from USBVI, and plus they already have Tim Duncan, who is from USVI, playing in San Antonio. Yeah. Get one of those other guys to play in Houston. There we go. Yeah, good point. There you go. Good, good connection there, Aaron. I like that. But but yeah, really fun. And one of the things also that we had to uh, bring up, guys, is the fact that the whole the the, the whole atmosphere, the, the the whole thing that went into the game, professional. It, it just I mean, it just looked like a professional outfit from the get go. Uh, the fan interaction, the obviously what play on the field uh, at the end of the match, the fireworks. I mean, the uh, the the Tatantron that they had too. With a shot of the uh, the the names of the on pictures of the players whenever they score a try. Again, really fun stuff. Looks like a really great atmosphere. Now, of course, and and the fact that I also uh, broke a USA Club uh, record on the amount of people they had on the in the field. Uh, excuse me for the match for uh, uh, five thousand three hundred plus people. So the so they beat the highest pro game out of the water pretty much, but. The USA mm-hmm. Club record was they okay. There's there's two records. The USA Club rugby record. So um, I would say senior rugby, not collegiate. 
um, mm-hmm. was forty five hundred. So they beat it by, you know, eight hundred and eight hundred and fifty. So that was pretty comfortable. That's that's pretty exactly. awesome. Who, who exactly. was he? And, uh, oh, sorry, no, no worries. Yeah, but no, who was? I was curious. Who I saw that stat somewhere. Did, did they say who what what clubs had that? Um, I'm. I'm going to look it up. Uh, there was a discussion I was in today that might have it. Um, this is yeah, That was an official number from USA Rugby, by the way. 4,500 okay. after the record. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so I need to uh, – Sabercats, when they, uh, when they crossed 4,000, requested data from USA Rugby, hmm. and uh, they got it. So I'm going to see, I'm looking right now, but Terry, what's your take on all this, man? You know, um, I got to say, so we, we kind of chat a little bit about pro and where we are today and, you know, coming into the pro season, the, uh, there wasn't the same feel that there was to MLR. You know, we, you're, they were signing guys from overseas and they were getting big names and it's almost like everybody wasn't really, you know, diving in like they were, they are for MLR, you know, just watching, you know, following it on social media and, you know, seeing all these like local news stations covering the, uh, the Sabercats pregame stuff and seeing all like everyone getting so excited about it. It's really exciting. Um, and I got to tell you, like one of the moments that like I got really pumped was the Sabercats actually like, posted this like tailgating guideline thing and that's awesome for the the reason it's awesome is they're not they're you know they're going to tap into the 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 diehard rugby fans they're going to come to watch these matches but we're really going to have success is reaching out to the broader community and saying hey come to this party like we are having a rugby party you're all invited there's going to be top-notch athletes but you know, this is for this is for everybody. Just if you if you're not familiar with the game, come have a good time and and check it out. And I mean, geez, fifty three hundred people, obviously, and that's you know that's an exhibition play. They're not even playing another pro team. It's it's a friendly. That's very exciting. I'm psyched. I'm really excited. I mean, I've already you know just I, I'm I'm kind of picking. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm trying to figure out which games I want to go to. I'm kind of looking at. NOLA, because uh, I know a couple guys there, and um, uh, I've never been to New Orleans. That sounds like fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just psyched that this looks like it's good. This really looks like it's something that's going to stick this time, and I'm pumped about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's, I was following the, uh, you know, the ticket sales as it went because uh, their projection was – a bit less um, in the morning. Um, they knew they were going to hit what they wanted to hit, and then they crushed it. So I, I was really – so you had the tailgating fan experience. We've talked about uh, you know, going back to Diana Anderson, the person who runs Rugby United Marketing, which is the marketing firm for Major League Rugby. She's talked about two really – she's like a wizard, uh, witch, whatever you want to call with marketing. She's the guru, right? Um, she talked about two things, like fan experience, fan activation. So 
let's get into, you know, fan experience, right? Is so first thousand, um, first thousand people that went into the, into the game through the gate, they got the Chinese sticky things. I, I don't know what those, the noise making sticks. So they just hit. I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so yeah. they got those, right? Um, so a thousand people got those and they got a swag bag. I don't know what it was. I think it was a shirt. And then they had all these cards going out for saber cats that were like try. So every time like, you know, saber cats scored a try, people could like hold up their try sides. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like super cool. Um, then, you know, out in the, uh, you know, during the tailgating, what um, are called the saber kittens. Um, they were your rugby geniuses going out into the crowd and for those that were unfamiliar with rugby, um, they were explaining the rules of the game. They were taking down names for email lists. And then during the match, they were taking a uh, potato gun and shooting out t- Sabercats t-shirts, right? Like, and then you had a, a live band going on for two hours in the fan zone. And, you know, it was just, it was just a really cool thing. Uh, I was going to try and get down there for January 20th uh, against Uruguay, but uh, I got to move my house. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like, I, I would totally get fired as, as, uh, as the man uh, for my girlfriend. So that's not going to happen, but they're, they're the other they're, girls. Don't worry about it. They're, the <laughs> they're, 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 they're doing it right in Houston. I've, uh, you know, I've met, uh, Justin Fitzpatrick. I've, you know, I've met Sam Windsor, Matt Trueville. I, I've seen what they they have for the, the five year plan, and what they're going to do this year in the next uh, twelve months. And it's just crazy what SaberCats are doing. Um, you know, it's it's just great. I, I want to see this level somehow carried throughout their exhibition preseason season. And through their homestand, because what that will say for USA Rugby is Houston is going to sell out for Scotland. And the reason why I know that is Houston is the largest locale for Scotland expats. And I know Scotland's coming back because, well, you know, Dan, Dan Payne confirmed it through his friend Dan Lyle at the Lost Afternoon Rugby Luncheon. So... That's going to happen in June. That's going to be pretty awesome. So if uh, you get what I'm saying, there's going to be another Lost Afternoon Rugby Luncheon in June. Make sure you're there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was. It, I, I'm so hyped for where the league is going and where we can go with it. Uh, and, guys, also, to real quick, to make another point – now, keep in mind that, obviously, the success that we're having in Houston is great, obviously. But keep in mind, this has to move into the other six franchises. Obviously, not all markets are going to be the same. That's obvious. But trying to get them at the same level as what happened in Houston, and keep in mind, this is still preseason. But once the season starts or uh, or once... If, uh, or during preseason, because many of the teams are going to have games, they need to have that same level of excitement for, throughout their community. It, Glendale is already good, so I don't think they'll need that much help. But certainly down in Ola, obviously Seattle, uh, 
down in Utah, of course, in San Diego, since they're pretty much dead last think, right now. When it, when it comes to that, will they show up? Um, I think you're going to see – so pro average like 1,700. I think – I want to say you're going to see an average between 2,800 and 3,500. And part of that reason is not all, the, not all the facilities um, are going to be at, you know, Infinity Park's size. Of course. Um, so, like, Starfire is 4,500 up in Tukwila for the Seawolves. Uh, the Austin Elites facility is being expanded to 3,500. So, it's... There's gonna we're gonna run into capacity issues very fast, I think. Uh, and you know, a lot of these people they have ties to the community. Um, the like Nola, I I don't think they're gonna have an issue getting people there because I mean, there the club has been there, the Nor FC has been there for a very long time, and then there's a pretty solid high school system going on. So the question is for everyone is going to be about marketing. And if you're do what the Sabercats have done, it's going to be successful. New Orleans is also a destination spot. You know, that like you have all these NFL teams moving to Vegas and LA because that's a place where like if my Cleveland Browns are playing in Vegas, I don't care that they're O and A, like let's go to Vegas, you know, let's party. And I think like Nola is going to pick up on that too. And San Diego, Seattle, these all the cities are places where people want to go and like visit and check out. And so I, I think, you know, the fact that they're pretty much all like cool cities, if you will, I mean, you're going to have a lot of people that are just coming into town to see some pro rugby players, see international pro players. Like I think you're, I think you're definitely going to see that. Um, I know. I mean, I, I can speak just from people within my own social circle, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about is, you know, which which one of these games are we going to go to and, uh, you know, make a weekend of it. Moving on, uh, let's cover the ARC training squad. Um, I pushed out a preview on the hook uh, late last week. Uh, it gives you my personal view, I guess. But breaking down as far as how this works is, uh, for me, I'm not nearly – as uh, mad as I stated on the show or annoyed as the November tour, uh, you know, we seem really healthy overall. Uh, this training squad gives us pretty close to a first choice, first 15. Um, we have 14 MLR players, 10 overseas pros, 11 amateur of those amateur. There's three playing in PR for PRP clubs, which is the Pacific rugby premiership Two two sevens players, one collegiate, and one unattached uh, who had experience for Pro Ohio. Um, so interesting names for me are Hooley. Uh, he was in England under 20. Elkins and Ferris in that order. Off to you, Victor. Well, I have to say, really happy for... Uh, this new uh, round of players coming in for the America's Rugby Championship. Uh, first group uh, that are going to be uh, on, uh, with Gary Hall, uh, Gary Gold on the helm, although he mentioned in interviews that he didn't have a lot of input because obviously he's coming in new. So he led 
uh, others to partake in choosing which players to have on the on the, on the roster. Uh, but nonetheless, the one that I'm still kind of well, not really. If it's not the word, but it's still kind of unknown to me is obviously Will Holy. Never seen the guy played. Then again, I don't really watch championship much. Apparently, he's uh, good. Like, well, like that's I mean, the, what the funny thing is, he's good. No, but check this out. The funny thing is, he's good. But he's playing for second division. Yeah, the guy but that was in guess both what? Exeter and Saints. Guess what? Guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down for you, Victor. So mm-hmm. he's in England under twenty mm-hmm. when when he was an age grade. Mm-hmm. AJ McGinty. The current starting fly half sort of got he was a late bloomer. So this guy has been pegged for most of his life as a talent. One of the reasons why he's playing in the championship, though, is he suffered a concussion late last year with Exeter. So um, you know, it's th- this could be the guy. Uh, I, I like our fly halves, but if you know. Like because AJ suffered a knee injury, uh, it's you know he's gonna it's gonna take a while for him to get back. I wonder that leaves this position open. So uh, Will Maggie has been uh, on and off his you know backup on the twenty three and also a starter. Uh, Will Maggie is completely capable of playing. He has also played in the England second division. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's so, true. He was angling for quite a while. That is true. So I mean, I fly half. I think we're going to be all right. To be honest, um, it sucks to lose AJ though. I tell you what. Oh my goodness, uh, that, did uh, not, that was yeah, okay. yeah. Seriously, that, that's why I haven't even watched the, the sale Harlequins game because I already know the spoiler. AJ is injured, and and I made it very clear in the podcast. AJ is my guy. Again, my USA Rugby jersey in the backs is my Ginty 10 USA Eagles. I guess so. I guess, and- <laughs> I, guess, I mean, you know, uh, I guess we can look at this and Terry, you can jump in. Now we're thin at loose forward because as of right now, we don't know Aladdin Shermer's status. And other than Tony Lamborn, uh, we had sparse caps at the six and seven. Uh, name to the squad. So I wonder who is going to be called up if Aladdin is out. But doesn't Aladdin play Aidman anyway? Uh, no, Aladdin plays six. Oh, okay. Very well. Uh, Aidman is the named Aidman are Cam Dolan and Hunko Hamishais. Mm-hmm. Here's, so see, here's a wild card. Here's a wild card. Oh, and I forgot. If we're talking Eagles... Let's talk Eagles. Um, <laughs> you know, so I here's here's a t- like so this I'm shooting from the hip here, but um, what about so flanker? You know, I was actually, you know, my eyes went kind of wide when uh, this guy was selected to the roster. I didn't think he was quite going to be make this make it you know make a splash this quickly, but uh, incredible athlete. You know, flanker's kind of a plug-and-play position. Give some whooshling a swing at this, you know? I, I mean, I, I thought he was going to get capped in November, to be honest. Uh, I thought, I, I thought like, I liked his tape during the America's Pacific Challenge. He started one match and then came in on two others. Uh, 
I, I thought he was going to get capped, and he didn't. So I think he's going to get hit, get earn two or three caps during this. Heck, now, because uh, I thought he was – because he played seven uh, for Lawrence, who is also an assistant on this squad under Gary Gold. So I, I think he's going to play seven. However, again, we are now thin at loose forward and – uh, I thought so. Land Ben he played a lot at six during the America's Pacific Challenge, so he can slide over. Like I like him at six, I really do. Uh, but then that leaves us a little thin at lock. So we are thin at lock for possibly other reasons. <laughs> Is this the ban? Yeah. So it's so. Savetta is banned until the 29th, which makes him up for selection on the 3rd, which I will be at, by the way, um, for the pod and for myself. I will be at uh, in for the doubleheader, the Super Rugby match and whatnot. But uh, So he's available. But what do like suspensions like work into? I mean, the guy owns the five shirt. So how much does that affect his camp time and all that stuff? I don't, I don't know how suspensions work in rugby because I saw Sonny Bill Williams somehow get credit for that counties match and then we pulled it with Tony. So whatever. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong here, but I read somewhere and I mean, Christ, I could have read this on Twitter. I'm not sure, but I, I thought it's, it's going to have basically no effect on Savetta's ARC. That's what that was my understanding. Well, I, I I'm wondering about playing to, like practice time. Like, how do suspensions work into practice time? Because I think they're they're actually going to have a two week camp. Huh? You know, I've never heard of. You know, I, that's a good question. I, I just assume that it's just a game, like a three game ban. Because then, you know, like in other sports, when you are suspended from for like games, at least in the States, I don't know how they work in Europe. Uh, you know, you can't be at the facility except to receive treatment and you can't work out there and all that stuff. So I don't know how that works in rugby. Now, is it a league band? Cause this is like an, in- so the ARCs are like international play. So like- professional, the way cards work for professionals, it's, um, it's supposed to be period except Sonny Bill Williams and, Tony, our boy, um, you look exactly like Tony Lamborn with that stash, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, like, it's just matches that you could be eligible for. So um, that county's Manukau match that Sonny Bill Williams received credit for somehow because New Zealand players are registered at four levels. Wild. Um but uh, so the matches that he was going to be eligible for are all Doncaster. So that's where, like, that would be three matches for Doncaster done. But my question is, in rugby, are players able to practice while suspended? I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. That's one but in any case, he, he is available after the suspension, which... It's good, I guess. Yeah, I don't know with that. That is a baller. 
He does work. I, I really like Savetta's play. I'm a huge fan of watching like box play. Like Brody Retallick is probably one of my favorite international players. Um, I don't know. You, a, a lock that makes an impact outside of the scrum is fun to watch, and Savetta is definitely one of those guys. So I like watching him play. So hopefully he has a good camp. We get to see him fall out. Rugby City guest also, so a little bias. <laughs> <laughs> see, my guy, my lock, personally, and not biased because he's black, Mari Toje. That's my dude. Nice. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna admit a little ignorant. I've not really seen him play a lot, so I gotta uh that dude, so he also plays six a bunch. And <laughs> tomorrow is he's a world class athlete. Like that guy could play in the NFL right now. Like he seriously you put him at de- like at rush defensive end or at tight end somewhere, matchup problem. Like he is that kind of athlete. He he is that kind of fit. He can catch the ball that well. Like he's he's got good hips. Hips is always like a big thing, you know, in in football. Good so, kills. He kills. So yeah, he's that guy can play. So uh you know, I I like the squad. I really do. Uh, you know, with some of these injuries, I sort of want to know who they're gonna call up. And you know, that's it. Here's a question for you guys. Um, the last ARCs, we kind of had the uh, the coming out party of uh, Nate Augsburger. Uh, kind of got some time in front of Sean Davies for a little bit there, and that you don't like. Now, I personally, I mean, I I've got Sean Davies next week, but um, I like Nate as a winger. Okay. I I think Nate is very dynamic as a winger. I agree. I. I think he's there are way better scrum halves than him behind that are in the system that are we you will see. I don't know about this Devereaux Ferris guy. Apparently he's pretty good if you for all those pro guys. I mean, I was told this week to watch pro film on Ferris for San Francisco, no, Sacramento. Um and also pro film um for Ohio to watch uh, Dylan Fawcett at hooker because he hasn't played hooker at all for old blue this year. Like I've seen two, I've seen two games with him and he has played eight. So yeah. Um, that's, I, that's why I, do, I question the selection of him at hooker, but apparently he's a really good hooker. Uh, but um, yeah, Nate, I think, is a really dynamic wing player. He brings some leadership having served as captain and vice captain multiple times. But he is very slow getting the ball out at the ruck and, you know, scrum. I'm a, you know, if, if it's if it's those two, if it's Davies or Nate, it's Davies all the way for me. I, you know, and I, I, I te- last year's ARC, I would have I would have agreed with you. Um, you know, Nate, I think at the start being a, you know, frankly, just a little bit better an athlete. And uh, he did have, I think in the Uruguay game in the second half, he had a little bit of an errant pass and they kind of put Shavies, or, uh, Davies back in and he was back at uh, wing again. Um, but, you know, and we'll see what happens, but he's had a whole nother year. He came from a sevens background where, and he's playing a lot of wing. I don't think he really played a lot of scrum half coming up, so it's a little new. The position is a little new to him. So he's got another year of you know, with the best coaches in America, you know, under his belt, 
And Davies is a hell of a scrum half. Um, I think it's a good problem to have. I, I would say that maybe Nate's ceiling's a little bit higher, but um, I mean, yeah, Davies has been balling for the Eagles for a while. Like he's definitely a hell of a scrum half. It's a good good problem to have. And I'm and I do like Nate at wing too. Um, <laughs> but um, so moving on, uh, just to you know. Uh, to touch real quickly, we're going to talk about ticket sales. I wa- I had this really long diatribe, but basically here it is. Um, Seattle sold a bunch of t- season ticket packages already. They're doing really well. I don't know if Starfire Stadium will be able to expand past 4,500, though, if they do even better. The Sabercats, however, in addition to selling 5,224 tickets for this last match, they have sold all of their skyboxes and all of their founders and insperity club spots uh, at constellation field for the preseason. So remember um, the important thing with that is corporate money coming in to like, I would say support the league uh, really uh, because that's, if you go to all these, stadiums now or you go to you go to your local uh you know nba arena there's two to three levels of boxes before you get to the upper deck right so corporate money and the sabercats seem to have harnessed at least some of that in houston victor what do you think well really happy for the numbers and going back to where we're talking about the fact that they, that other teams need to follow the example or at least hopefully be as good as the Severy Cats preseason game. Those numbers are good, I had to say, in terms of, a, again, pre-season ticket holders and all like having lifetime season holders, which is even better because you know you're going to get those people for a lifetime, as the, the word suggests. Uh, but yeah, again, definitely really, really good numbers. I just hope that once the season starts or once preseason starts, the people that don't have those season uh, season tickets uh, would come in and get some good numbers. Uh, and again, hopefully better uh, than the ones uh, Rugby ever had during its run. Hey, Terry, and- what about you, man? Yeah, no, it's encouraging. You know, the real games that mean anything are months away still. So the fact that there's a rush on tickets, you know, I mean, that's pretty good for, uh, you know, this early in the, you know, we're, we're months away from the first matches that mean anything. That's pretty cool. And we've seen in America, I was, uh, was that two years ago now that they had, I mean, it was the All Blacks in Ireland and Chicago, but still, I mean, it was packed like, the whole city was had shown up for rugby and you know we're talking you know it sounds like if the, these guys you know if they're selling a few thousand tickets they're hitting their numbers you know i i think that's that they're i think they're going to knock it out of the park I, I i'm encouraged i mean i'm encouraged the buzz is there the ticket sales are there i mean everything's looking positive so i'm excited moving on to what hopefully becomes a very short segment on our show. I think instead of calling it player signings, hopefully it's transfer watch, but got a ton of signings. I was 
toying with the idea at the time because I thought there were a lot more to just say names because I thought there were like 30 dudes that got signed, but there were only nine. So uh, Victor and I are going to split these up and then we'll hear your, uh, hear your opinions. So uh, starting out with Seattle, uh, Curry Hitchborn brings in Nakai Penny. Uh, he's from Penticton, British Columbia. He played four years of high school rugby uh, at Penn High. Uh, he then took his talents to the UBC Thunderbirds and played under Curry Hitchborn there, where he won multiple BC Premier League titles uh, along with teammate Connor Whale. In 2015, he won the U19 CRC with the B- with BC Rugby. In 2016, he was selected to Rugby Canada U20s. This last year, he helped lead the 2017 BC Bears to the CRC title. He is a seven, so he is an open side flanker. He, according to, according to Curry, he's unbreakable. Uh, his nick, his nickname, middle name is Temujin, and if you know who Temujin is. You will know that you do not want to uh, see him on the pitch. Moving on to Houston, Justin Allen, number five lock, is a graduate of Oxford Brooks University. Most recently played for Southend Rugby Club in England. He is from Salt Mills, Wexford, Ireland. He was signed originally for Pro Ohio, uh, but something came up. Uh, people have set, mentioned like visa issues, but he's a dual citizen, so... I probably got a contract from someone better that Savetta got signed for Ohio too. That actually happened quite a bit where a pro Ohio would sign a guy and then they get signed to some European team. They got, yeah, I don't know, but you know, he was also a member of Chinor RFC after playing with Oxford Brooks. He was, you know, this guy was a can't miss prospect uh, in Ulster. Uh, He played, uh, with Ulster's age grades, uh, U15, U16, and U17. And, you know, he, someone just guided him over to Salty Thompson, uh, and he was a uh, select on the 2013 High School All-American squad that toured South America and uh, from witnesses at the time. This guy was a giant among children, at the down in Casa Grande during that high school All-American camp. Uh, and, you know, he's just working into the system with, uh, you know, with Sabercats, but he started and he can, he's, I mean, he's 6'10", but uh, he's probably closer to seven foot. So they've got two giant locks in, in old Houston going on. Moving back to Seattle, we've got Connor Whale. He's a second rower with a great motor. He was also on the UBC Thunderbirds team that won multiple BC Premier League titles in 2015, 2016, and 2017. In 2015, UBC took third place at the World University Cup in England. Uh, This year under coach Tony Healy, he aided the BC Bears to the CRC title, which is Canadian Rugby Championship, not collegiate rugby championship. This is about 15s, guys. <laughs> no no offense to those sevens, guys. That's a great product to watch. But then we've got Fetu Vinicolo, Utah Warriors. Uh, this is, man, 
so I get a message from the uh, from the Utah Warriors when it on Friday when I'm doing you know I'm doing this coaching series with Gordon, and it's like right before we go live, and they're like, yeah, we got a we got like a decent signing coming up, and I was like, okay, and then you know this drops during the show. Uh, Fetu Vinicolo is a center and a wing. Uh, he's Tonga Rugby Union's all-time try scorer. Uh, he's played for Northland Rugby Union, Otago Rugby, the Highlanders, Connaught, Exeter Chiefs, and most recently, Oyona in France. Um, this is like for them, this is this, they've been working on this for a while. This is a huge signing. And it also shows like they're, they're using their ties to the islands extremely well. Then I think good. Oh, okay. I think the split's kind of funny. So I'm going to take one more. <laughs> you know, I, I got the connect. I got to play their U uh, 20 side when I was in college. Really? Yeah. It was pretty sweet. They beat the shit out of us. It was awesome. So Dylan, <laughs> so Dylan Owdsley, uh, he's a center, uh, played, played a lot of outside. Uh, he was born in London, but he grew up here in Scottsdale. Um, played rugby for the Scottsdale Blue Scottsdale Blues Wolves program. He was a standout uh, on the football field as a kicker, punter, and defensive back for Chaparral High School. Um, they were the 2011 Division II state champion. Uh, he actually thought about playing, you know, football and kicking. Uh, he earned Back of the Year honors in 2015 by Golf Rugby Report. He was. Selected as a junior All-American and on the USAU 20 squad. Uh, and he has now been selected for the ARC training squad. And if I missed it, he is the second signing for the San Diego Legion and offloading to Victor. And by the way, real quick, going back to Vinicolo, his latest uh, club is Valens Romans, uh, who play in Federal 1, which is a French third division. That wasn't yeah, on anything I found. But yeah, well, basically it, it is, that, I know. It's a, <laughs> oh yeah. That's a that's another pro just, that's <laughs> so he's played on a lot of professional teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I mean Federal One is semi amateur, so I mean Well but they, yeah, still, but they still get paid in Federal three, so Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, well, so I'll they take have, back what I said them. They have five levels of paid rugby. Mm-hmm. Federal, federal, federal three, three then. Federal three, you're you're probably making like a hundred bucks, like a hundred euros a month, though. So. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but anyways, guys, moving on. So uh, next, we got Cam Paulson, who has been signed for Seattle Seawolves. He plays Eggman, and he's another Canadian actually uh, coming into into the team. Rickard's uh, backup. Also, I'm sorry, Terry, say it again. Rickard's backup. My boy Rickard Hatting is hey, down uh, the eight man, <laughs> eight, eight man spot at Seattle. Rickard's a monster. Dude, um, yeah. that's a guy I actually uh, got a chance to play against. Uh, and I'm like, okay, yeah, so this guy's like 28. He's 22 years old. He yeah. looks like like he is not a human being. Like, hot. Like, I'm sitting at the like at the social, and it's like, 
how is that guy the same species as me? And he's 22 years old. Like, holy shit. He's a monster. There we go. That's, that's right. Actually, Zoo. So he's coming from the B, uh, from British Columbia Rock BBC. Mr. Rugby specifically. And also from the Castaways Wanderers Rugby Club. Um, so let me see. Player uh, playing in Cam Paulson uh, for the inaugural season of Major League Rugby. Um, he began playing at the age of seven uh, for uh, Balhelians uh, RFC in high school. And he played for the Clermont uh, Secondary School and for a brief moment for Prince Albert College in Sydney, Australia. Uh, but your rugby at Royal Military Academy, excuse me, college, and also the University of Victoria. Well, for that, we also have another, uh, going back to Utah Warriors, we have Javea Unufe, uh, who comes from the USA Falcon 7s team. He plays center win. Uh, he is the younger brother of current Eagle 7s player, Mr. Maka Unufe. Apparently a stand-up player in 15s. Can't wait to see another Unufe. Uh, we also have, and, and by the way, this last two, going to San Diego, we have uh, one of my favorite players, Mr. Mike, oh, Mikey Teal, uh, who has finally signed for NMLR sign. He's been signed for the San Diego Legion. And keep in mind, this was announced through the ARC uh, roster uh, that cool. we just discussed. So it hasn't been put officially by the team itself, but we know it because, again, you know, of, Victor of the ARC roster. One thing I've noticed as all these signings are coming out, a lot of these guys are actually signed like like uh, last month, a bunch of guys were announced for NOLA. They had actually already signed stuff like months ago. But they're I don't know why that is, but they so, there's contracts have to be approved by the league. So Okay. They were not the contracts may have been signed, but uh yeah. they were not legal tenders. They were not legal mm-hmm. tenders. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly right. So, uh, Mike Teo was a standout defensive lineman at Long Beach uh, Poly High School. This back in 2000, uh, back in the early 2000s. And he was, uh, they were also Division One champion in 2008. Uh, he played for Belmont Shores, but still plays. And he earned a place in the USA on the 20s. that so won the 2012 Junior World uh, Trophy, Eagle number 476. And has been playing sevens for quite a number of years. A former member, a member, excuse me, of the San Diego Breakers. So really happy that he stayed in his home state. Finally, and he's already been mentioned before, we got Mr. Ryan Matias, who also been signed for the San Diego Legion. Uh, we previously shown, uh, previously shown as a model of the Legion kit. Uh, the winger is coming from the sevens program. Previously played. Uh, oh, currently playing, excuse me, for All Blue of New York. He came, for, uh, he played for the men's college All Americans, and also and also helped the men's junior All Americans uh, to win the Rugby Town Sevens Championship. He's been playing Sevens for uh, quite a while, and also in the 15s program, a a, a a highlight of the USA Germany match as well, especially that beautiful try that he had. Professionally, he's played in New Zealand for North Harvard, uh, the seven things specifically. He also played for the San Diego Breakers, and he's working as a strength and conditioning coach for University of Arizona, uh, or actually, or was, if I'm not mistaken. And he was also assistant coach for the Wildcats, seven team, 
and he's currently uh, the head coach of the San Diego Mustangs, which is a youth rugby club. His real name is Inigo Montoya. Okay, I told him. Look, I told it, him he needed to grow his looks, mustache back and he needed to grow his hair back because he cut his hair, and that is just not cool. Inigo Montoya. He looks. He looks. He, he looks a lot like him. So prepare to die. Montoya. He was my father. Prepare to die. To die. I guess I showed up at the right time. We're talking Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies. Love it. <laughs> How's it going tonight, guys? Hello, hey, Corey. hey so, boss, what's up, man? I'm here. I guess that means it's time for some uh, news, views, and abuse. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So, breaking news. Uh, Thank you to our friends over at the BC Rugby News for the tag, uh, and it's official. I spoke with Curry Hitchborn. Uh, Vancouver RFC LLC is uh, established, and they're finalizing their negotiations uh, to enter Major League Rugby in 2019. Curry Hitchborn, currently Director of Rugby Development for the Seawolves, has been appointed the Director of Rugby for Vancouver RFC. Congratulations, uh, my friends. Uh, can't wait to see what you do for another team because this squad that you've put together uh, in Seattle is pretty ridiculous. So there's going to be a pretty intense local rivalry up in the Pacific Northwest very soon. Victor, offload to you, man. Real quick, if I can just interrupt, I wanted to point out that... Uh, our, our socials are going crazy about this tonight. So if you guys have a chance to check it out, just go to uh, either follow us uh, at uh, Twitter at uh, Earful of Dirt or on uh, Reddit at uh, reddit.com slash r slash ml rugby. And uh, like it's all Vancouver is the only thing anybody's talking about tonight. It's just crazy. I think, uh, yeah, the, the BC's uh, original tweet, BC Rugby's original tweet is been retweeted 20, 30 times already. And uh, it's pretty crazy up there. So I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement uh, coming out of Canada. Uh, folks are ready for this. There we go. I definitely agree. Can't wait for us to also get something in Cleveland. Right, Terry? Oh, yeah. I love Canada. Vancouver's another mm. cool city. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, I'm moving on for the oh, news, guys. Yeah, sorry. I misunderstood you. Or miss it, yeah. But, yeah, Cleveland. No, no, but cool. Cleveland. <laughs> well, hey, it, hey, man, if you guys get a team, and that means you can go to Vancouver, man. With As, as, a, as a traveling fan, I love it. As, as long as the Cleveland team doesn't go 0-16 like the Browns, we're good. Well, we got the Cavs and Indians. And, hey, let me allow me a moment to gush about Cleveland rugby. A lot of people don't understand this. Um, you have within five miles of each other, you have St. Ed's and St. Ignatius High School, two top five teams. In women's rugby high school, you have uh, within the last, I think, seven years between St. Joe's and Lakewood High School, there's been two national titles. You have Notre Dame College, uh, D1A double national uh, champion last year, all the state. Cleveland is definitely an up and coming uh, city, and I, we could definitely support a team. So, uh, uh, USA Rugby, if you're listening to this right now, uh, let's make it happen. Let's do this. 
go with that. So moving with the news, guys. So the Legion, the, the San Diego Legion specifically, have planned two combines this week, actually, for January 13 and 14. Uh, the first will be held on Saturday at at the Army and Navy uh, Academy in uh, Carlsbad, whatever that is, uh, from 1, to, 1 p.m. to 5.30, followed by one on Sunday at Exos San Diego, also in that same area, from 7.30 a.m. to 12. Uh, Sign-ups for the Combine uh, are now live on their website. If you're interested and you're in the San Diego area or close to the San Diego area, definitely go and check it out. Um, Army Navy Academy in Carlsbad, they have some crazy athletic uh, facilities there. Really, really kind of cool place. Um, although if you pay to attend a military high school, I paid to attend a military college. Um, you have my sympathy, but no, you have my empathy, but not my sympathy. So uh, Exo San Diego was the training location for the San Diego Breakers. So I'm guessing it's going to be the training location for the San Diego Legion. Um, moving forward, uh, you know, as part of that addendum to the news, I – uh, had a call with Matt Hawkins, the uh, one of the assistant coaches. He held an assistant coach and director of operations role with the San Diego Breakers. It's going to be his role is going to be relatively similar uh, with the San Diego Legion. Uh, he's the main point of contact right now. Uh, you know, uh, he said, you know, they have triggers that they are uh, that that need to occur, and one of those triggers was. Uh, you know, having this combine um, this coming weekend. And then there's a few more things that to happen, and then we'll start hearing a lot more uh, in about two weeks. So we're going to schedule our, you know, um, our team series with uh, – <laughs> we're going to schedule our team series with San Diego – Pretty soon. Uh, that's really interesting, Aaron. Um, it sounds like a lot of good stuff's coming out of San Diego, so that's exciting, and uh, it's always good to hear hear progress being made. And I also understand that you've been uh, talking to some folks uh, about the Sevens program, or what's going on there? The Sevens program? Um, yeah. you got to know here about some questions about some Sevens players being brought up uh, into the league. Oh, yeah. So... Um, there was a question, uh, last week, uh, I guess, I guess you would put that more into abuse, uh, <laughs> than news, uh, quality of play. Um, there was a, this is American rugby, uh, article, which, uh, blew up on the board and that we run, which is our ML rugby. And people are like, well, sevens players transitioning into the league. So we've got a few, uh, you've you know, listened on Saturday to Grant Cole, the flying Fijians, you know, uh, Joshua Vici and Osea Kalinasau, well, they can play 15s and they can play 15s very well. Uh, Pago Haney, another big, uh, former big sevens guy and Zach Pangelin as well also tore it up. So I think the right sevens players will become great MLR 15s players. So, 
it is always a debate that uh, transition. Terry, have you uh, seen much success with guys going between the two different styles? Um, I mean, you don't see a lot of guys that come from the sevens like superstars. Doesn't seem like you see a lot of guys transition. I mean, you have. I mean, you mentioned those guys. I mean, Nate Augsburger is another guy. Um, it, it definitely happens, um, and I don't Con- understand why it doesn't happen. Like, like Todd how? Clever. Todd Clever. Oh, like I, I don't understand how. Um, you know, like Perry Baker. Like, how is? How can someone? I know maybe a little bit of a defensive liability, but. How does he not end up on one of these teams? You know, um, Carl and Isles, he plays, I believe, some pro 15s overseas or at some level. You know, that, those, you know, that's, that's some try scoring machines. You think somebody find a spot for him? Carlin had a uh, short contract with Glasgow, played some, you know, club 15s in Scotland, then came back, uh, you know you know, to play sevens full time. But I know that Carlin has spoken with Austin. So unless, unless he stays with the sevens program, you could, we could see Carlin Isles playing on an MLR team. Um, Aaron, I, I got a question for you guys. You guys are pretty plugged in. Where's Spike Davis? Um, Thank you, right? Thank that's you. a million dollar question. Everyone wants to know. <laughs> I, I can con- I can confirm that I have proof of life. He's alive. Okay. Um, but uh, don't really have much comments huh. about where, like, what he's doing. I know he's working with Serve Pro. Um, did a ton of work down in Houston uh, with uh, for hurricane relief. Um, he's still working out. He's still massive and he's still fast. Uh, but, uh, I don't, I, we're not really privy to, you know, why he hasn't been on the pitch in a while. He was the TAR. What was he? That was two years ago. He was the player of the year and man, on, uh, gun mm-hmm. But I know he is aware of the league and he is paying attention. Okay. Huh. And he's from Texas. I mean, he has two Texas teams. If you happen to be listening, Spike, we miss you. Come back to us. <laughs> I tell you, like I, like I said in the last episode, guys, if you know if you, if there's someone listening that knows Aaron Spike Davis, please send this to him. I'm serious. So we will put you on the air anytime. If nothing else, we'll just talk. We need, uh, we need that guy for the lineouts. <laughs> so moving on. Yeah, so usually uh, Dan graces us with his presence and uh, takes care of the Tweet of the Week. Obviously, that's not happening. Something about South America or Central America? I don't know. He's Central he's, America, come on. Yeah, he's in Dan's a out. place. He's out. Um, so, Aaron, I'm kind of hoping maybe you can uh, field this one for us. What, what we got for Tweet of the Week, man? So, from at Mindy L, Mindy Luvano is also the marketing guru for... The Houston Sabercats. Um, she works with also with IMG uh, in Houston, but she is. I actually met her now that I know who she is. I met her when I was at Lost Afternoon. I just didn't really know what she was doing because she didn't tell me what her job was, but she was at the Sabercats table. So I figured, you know, she was, you know, somehow involved. 
but I didn't know exactly who she was. But now that it jogs my memory, I'm like, oh, that's why she was there. So, so the quote is, so happy yesterday was a, such a success. Over 5,224 fans in the cold cheering on our Houston Sabercats. People were excited and had a great time. I felt such a sense of accomplishment. Um, smile emoji with like the fists, like pushing up the face. Um, this coming Saturday, the Sabercats play again. Same time, same place. Go Cats, go. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, now rolling into questions from Bob. Corey, what do you got? Yeah, well, just a quick shout out. Um, you know, Houston deserves – all the props we can give them. The Sabercats did a fantastic job. I know you guys have beaten this subject to death, but I just got to say, just blown away by seeing those crowds there. Very exciting. So yeah, questions from Bob. And uh, the original Bob, Bob Boberson, well, he had, uh, sounds like he had a pretty special, uh, special end of the month last month, or maybe beginning of this one. He's got a newborn at home. So he asked the very reasonable question, does anybody know how to get a kid to sleep or get a kid to sleep through the night? Uh, so that's his question. Uh, since I guess we're now a parenting slash rugby <laughs> podcast, um, I'll go ahead and pitch my, my idea first. And that was, I suggested that he uh, start feeding the kid whiskey and cough syrup. Uh, that's what my folks always did. And I turned out fine. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't have any problems whatsoever. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. Do uh, you guys have any uh, advice for Bob as so, he's going on this new journey? So whiskey on the gums was going to be, you know, my suggestion, but whiskey and cough syrup? I think that's what the kids call lean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, he did actually have a real question. So we'll go ahead and downshift to that. He would like to know um, – why are the attacks um, – oh, the attacking looks only eight players. In which positions are they usually inclusive of? So Why are the attacking looks hmm. – Yeah, so why are uh, rugby attack systems only, like, including eight positions? Why is, like, the number that you add up come to eight? Like, one, three, three, one, two, four, two, one, three, two, two, one, six, one. Um, so – I think, so this goes back to the series that you've been yes. working on so, uh, on the lineups. Yeah. So I asked Gordon and, you know, he's like, well, it's just because how shapes are, you know, titled. Because um, I guess it's the way they've always done it in rugby. So um, offenses are based on how you position your forwards in the set piece. And so then I reasoned, well, when you think about it, so you position your forward specifically and based on where the ball is on which side of the pitch is how you're going to line up your backs flat uh, out of the set piece, rotating um, from each side to each side to where either um, the ball is focused with most of your center shifted. Like if it's on the right hand of the pitch, you're going to have your 10, your centers, and your blindside wing on the left coming out of the set piece and the ruck, and then it shifts to the right side of the pitch uh, when the ball is on the left uh, on the left side of the pitch. So that's, you know, that's just how they've done it. You know, there's, I guess there's no reason to call an offense spread, no huddle, double wing fly. 
which is an actual offense if you look it up on uh, Google for football. So, yeah. All right. And uh, once again, Aaron's been um, working on a series of uh, rugby techniques, and that's available both on our YouTube channel as well as where our podcasts are hosted. Uh, He just got done with episode three. We loaded that yesterday. And so be sure to check that out and increase your rugby knowledge. Uh, Aaron's doing a fantastic job uh, getting us all schooled on that stuff. So obviously not schooled enough because I had absolutely no freaking clue what the guy was talking about. So Uh, the last question for tonight uh, comes from Humpers92. Way to go, Humpers. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, he wants to know, actually he uh, posed through uh, three questions at us, but we're only going to get to the first one tonight. And then uh, we'll probably circle back around, talk some more next week. He would like to know with the Sabercats success in their first match, uh, will we see other MLR teams do similar things to draw in local support? Yes. Uh, so yeah. What do you guys think? I say yes. Yeah. Likewise. Yes. Hopefully. Um, the center, I don't think they will. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, obviously, it, it's they've got a winning formula, so hopefully, people, uh, yeah, fall in line. It's they got a great program because, um, think about it. So, they just set the standard. What is the standard? So, like, all this fan activation stuff, uh, all this like fan appreciation, fan experience stuff. So, if the next team that has a preseason match you know, doesn't like allow tailgating and doesn't have, you know, a fan zone. Well, all these people have just read about how this one club did it. Why is their club not? So then they're kind of, then they shoot themselves in the foot, right? Gotta be a party. That's yeah. right. Unless you're in Utah and then it's uh, just a gathering of people. <laughs> being very- hey, they, they, they do sell alcohol in Utah. So, um, <laughs> someone will be, I don't know who yet, but we will get Bob a designated driver since he is not Mormon and, uh, he will get to drink maybe by himself in Harriman, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a no brainer and, uh, you know, coming from a marketing background, the you steal from everybody you know when you see somebody else having success at something uh you co-op that stuff immediately because you want to have the same type of success so it's a no-brainer i mean of course they're gonna go and the other teams plus uh mlr has worked very hard at stressing uh community involvement and uh building those bases from the ground up which i think is one of their strengths compared to other models we've seen like pro which was kind of these teams just being dropped on the communities from a, from a, from above and expecting them to buy in without any real uh, foundation there. So, yeah, I think uh, we're, we're expecting a lot of good things. It may not look exactly like uh, what Sabercats did because each community is different. But knowing your town, knowing your people, knowing your fans, uh, hopefully these teams are going to be able to leverage what their local folks like to build – a base that's just as impressive. And I mean, you know, if we're starting out season one with a thousand, two thousand people at each match, that to me, that's a success. And yeah, we had, you know, 5,000, however many uh, at the very first one, but 
yeah, I think we'll probably back off from that a little bit in the second match. And uh, I think by the time the season starts, that's going to be the real proof in the pudding to tell us what average attendance is going to be. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, it's to me, it's a no-brainer. We will definitely see some other involvement, uh, similar styles of involvement. These are professional outfits. So that's all I've got to ramble on about. Do uh, you guys have any final thoughts on our way out tonight? Um, so just to get real quick, Victor's going to talk about our fan poll that we did on the X-Blades kit launch release and who, which team won for 2018 um, in his outro. But uh, on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, we've got Dan Lyle to talk about Super Rugby in Los Angeles uh, for that International Rugby Weekend. And then uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Thursday, we're continuing the team series with Dave Williams, head coach, Glendale Raptors. Victor, to you. So we had a, like like Aaron mentioned, we had a, a poll on our on our Twitter regarding which two kids were the best, whether Austin Elite or San Diego Legion, and to announce the winner. So uh, final number came in fifty four percent for Austin, forty six percent for San Diego. So that, that that's a pretty solid win for Austin, and uh, I think uh, I, I'm not saying that my my vote influenced anybody else, but I I would say that I was definitely in that camp. I'm digging on the colors, and I think I uh, tweeted about that on my personal account at some point uh, during this process. So sorry if that skewed anything. I, I apologize. Terry, had you had what? the chance to check out those kits? Yeah. Um, you know, I I went back and forth. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with uh, – I would agree with Austin. Those are pretty sharp. San Diego was, was very cool also. Um, I would say, uh, well, <clears throat> there was a loser, but um, <laughs> this. The, the thing that I thought was cool is I thought it was very clever that um, Seattle and NOLA chose to use their, like the, their NFL football team colors. I just think that's very clever for branding, and I thought that was a good move. Um, yeah, so I don't – not all the teams in New Orleans have all the same colors. But all the teams in Seattle pretty much have the same color palette. So Sounders, Mariners, Seahawks, um, Seahawks, and then the Seattle Saracens, the club that the Seawolves uh, sort of came out of, uh, you know, also had those colors already. So, you know, it's like the Seattle shtick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, congratulations on that. Okay, guys, so I guess we have come to an end of another great episode, another great podcast. Dan might have just got replaced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we may have Dan, Dan Brown replaced. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's Sorry, around the week. It's over. You had a good run. <laughs> <My time>. <laughs> <laughs> Your time's up. My time is now, as John Cena would say. <laughs> Uh, so real My quick goodness. before on our way out, um, Aaron, you've got a you did you mention the fact that you've got a couple interviews coming up this week? Yeah, and then I've got two more next week. It's gonna be a crazy two weeks for the show. Um, and also, hey, thank you all for listening um, to our lineouts extra series because we've had a great reception on that.
Definitely. Well, it's it's we're also, giving the as, folks uh, what they want. Sorry, Victor. Go ahead, man. No, 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 no worries. Thank you. And yes, we are definitely giving folks either one. So again, guys, we're coming up to uh, again episode eighteen of the Earful Third Podcast. Thank you for joining us, uh, Terry Man. Thank you for joining us. Like I said before, big fan of the Rugby City Podcast. And you check out this new episode you have with this, um, the Nick, whatever his last name is, from the USA Hawks. Uh, also, guys, real quick, um, shout outs to a group of individuals that I was not aware of until. A couple of weeks ago, on our Instagram and follow at your follow dirt, I posted a picture. Someone liked it coming from a page called the Soccer Cooligans, and I was like, "Who the heck is those people?" So I clicked on it, and it happens to be that the Cooligans, which is now their name, is a American uh, soccer or football podcast featuring two gentlemen. Uh, one of them named Alexis Guerreros, and a fellow Dominican. Christian Polanco. This is really cool because, so again, only Dominican in the show is me, and I like rugby, and then you have this Dominican dude doing a soccer podcast. So we're out of baseball, which is great. <laughs> which is really cool. But in any case, they were really cool to give us a like on our page and also send us a message, message saying um, that they're trying to learn more about the game, and they know how hard it is in the industry of podcasting, and so they tried to share the love. So Alexis... Uh, Christian, muchas gracias, hermanos. Thank you very much, guys. Shout-outs to the Cooligans. Check out the show, guys, um, on YouTube. With that done, uh, guys, of course, speaking of YouTube, subscribe also to our show uh, on YouTube, Earful of Dirt Fancast. Again, like us on Instagram, Twitter, and more specifically on Facebook. But in any case, like us on those platforms, guys. Also, add us on iTunes, of course, Earful of Dirt. Also on Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM. Again, leave us a review. Thank you to uh, the, the uh, Captain Miles. Hopefully, it's my, again, hopefully, Miles McCombe who gave us that uh, review on, on iTunes. Please follow their example. Uh, also, guys, call us on our phone. Um, no one has called us, guys. We have we still have not gotten. I would like a voicemail, voice even if you're harassing me. Please, please leave us something on the voicemail. Again, guys, we have had this since August and still nothing. Again, the number one seven two zero. 600-2679. Again, 1-720-600-2679. Once I shut up, and if you're listening to the recording, you're going to hear Corey mention it again in the outro, just to let you guys know. Uh, keep in mind, guys, uh, we did this um, live streams on YouTube, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Again, and just to finally wrap this up, once again, Victor's my name. That was Corey. That was Aaron. Our guest, Mr. Terry Kelbane, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you and good night, and we'll catch you hopefully next week. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720 600 2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.